Welcome, everyone, to the Full Life Podcast by Grace Church, where we hope to inspire, challenge, and clarify your next steps in faith. I'm David Lawson, and today we're going to talk about what to do with the pain in our lives. Today's podcast grew out of a sermon series that we're currently doing at Grace called Giving Up on God. And if you haven't had a chance to listen into any of those messages, I encourage you just to swing over to WorcesterGrace.org, that's W-O-O-S-T-E-R, Grace.org, and to listen in, because I know they're going to be an encouragement to you, and I know they're going to provide you with some practical help for your own spiritual journey. You know, sadly, many of us have had the experience of seeing someone that we know or somebody that we love give up and walk away from God. Maybe you've been tempted to do that yourself at different times in your life. You might be someone who is in that experience right now where you have taken steps away from faith and taken steps away from God. And when that happens, more often than not, chances are we can point back to a hurt or a hang-up or a habit or a heartbreak that we feel like God should have protected us from or something that we just haven't quite fully recovered from yet. And today we're going to be talking about how to process some of that pain in our lives. Last week I had a chance to fly down to Atlanta for some meetings, and while I was boarding the plane and after I sat down, what I saw was really pretty predictable. You probably wouldn't have thought anything of it. I didn't think anything of it at the time either because it's it's everywhere. It's happening everywhere we go, whether it's restaurants or stores or on a plane or wherever it might be. It's so just so common today. Everybody's doing it. Everywhere I looked, when I was going down the aisle and after I sat down in my seat, everywhere I looked, I saw one thing. No one was talking. No one was talking to any other person on the plane. Family members weren't talking to one another. Business colleagues weren't talking to one another. No one was talking. But everyone Everyone had earbuds in or they had headphones on, and they were either having their eyes closed, you know, like they were listening to music, or they had their eyes fixed in some sort of trance on a screen. And in some cases, there were two screens that some of them were looking at. And I'm sure that some of the earbuds and some of the headphones that that these individuals were using, I'm sure that some of them were noise-canceling. And if you've ever worn noise-canceling headphones before, you know that you're just kind of oblivious to everything that's going on around you. But you know what? When it comes to our pain, many of us put noise-canceling headphones on our hearts. We just try to block it out. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to relive it again. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to listen to what it has to say about our lives. But you know, the truth is, and you know this, you understand this, pain, suffering, sorrow, illness, and grief are unavoidable in this world. But here's the good news. God has given us a way to deal with and to find hope in the rubble of life. What do we do when we experience pain? Well, let me introduce you to a word that we don't use very much anymore. It's kind of a funny word, (laughs) I'll admit it. I can't even remember the last time I heard this word used in a conversation. I can't remember the last time I heard this word or used this word in a conversation. And here it is. It's the word lament, L-A-M. 
L-A-M-E-N-T. Now, what in the world does lament mean? Or better yet, what is it? Well, you might not have used the word before, but I guarantee you, you've probably done it before. You might not even be a Christian, and you've probably done it. There's a good chance that if you've lived long enough, you've lamented before. Some of you may have done it on your knees before God. Some of you may have done it shaking your fist at God. But when you did, your heart was probably broken. Here's what lamenting is. Lamenting is honestly vocalizing your grief and your pain and your heartache and your disappointment to God. It's a cry out to God. And if you're not a Christian, your lamenting may have started out like this. God, if you're out there, ever said those words before? When it became clear that my mom was going to pass away, uh, I have to admit, I, I, I lamented. I cried out to God. Why? Because my heart was breaking. When my kids were going through something, when they were growing up, uh, it, it, it hurt. It, it, my heart was broken. I cried out to God. When my wife has experienced difficulty at different times in her life, It was more at times than I could bear. And so I just cried out to God, calling on him to allow this to pass, unloading the burden of my heart on him. You know, you've probably done it too. Maybe maybe there's a time when you've messed up really bad. Maybe the circumstances that you're in right now really are your fault, but you need a way out. You're burdened. You're filled with regret. You're filled with remorse. You're grieving and you're heartbroken. Maybe someone you love is going through a difficult time. It could be a diagnosis. It might be an injustice. It could be an accident. It could be something else. But regardless, your heart is breaking. But there's more to lamenting than meets the eye. You've lamented before. You just didn't call it that. But it's more than just unloading your heart. Uh, Believe it or not, it's actually an act of faith. Why? Because when we lament, we're admitting that we can't handle it. We're admitting that we need God's power, God's mercy, and God's grace in that situation. Did you know that some of the most godly men of the Bible have lamented? Did you know there's an entire book of the Bible that is an exercise in lamenting before the Lord? It's an Old Testament book, and it actually has that name. It's the book of Lamentations. The book is filled with the prophet Jeremiah lamenting before God. Not only that, but we have numerous psalms of lament in the book of Psalms. I know it's a funny word, lamentation. It's it's a funny word, but it's also a very powerful tool for processing our pain. I want to give you an example of one of those psalms of lament. It's Psalm chapter 13. This is what the psalmist says. How long, Lord... Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Have you ever said words like that to God before? How long? How long, Lord, is this going to go on? How much longer is my friend going to have to endure this? How long must my loved one live with this? How long do I have to face this? How long does this have to go on? You can feel it in through these words, can't you? The psalmist, he's tired. He's not sure he can hold up under the stress anymore. It's like pain and circumstances are about to get the best of him. Have you ever been there? 
Have you ever been at the end of your rope like that? Well, I'm guessing that since you're a human being, you've, you've probably been there maybe plenty of times. Yes, God wants to hear your heartache, no doubt about it. Sure, he already knows it, but he invites you to unload it. That's part of lamenting. But, but crying out to God in heartache is just the beginning. There's, there's more. The psalmist continues. He says this, Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. You know, he begins by crying out in his heartache. Now he's crying out for help. God, I need you to respond to my cry for help. Please bring me some relief. You're the only one who can. I don't think I can hold up much longer. Don't let my pain and my circumstances get the best of me. I need you to bring me the victory. I need you to overcome this. It's too much for me. I need your help. In your heartache, remember that God isn't just a listening ear. He's an able helper. What does lament look like? Well, it begins with crying out in our heartache. It continues with crying out for help. And then, and this is really important, and then there's this turning point that happens. When we lament, there has to be a turning point. We can't just wallow in our sorrow. We mustn't just wallow in our sorrow. Yes, it still might be hard. There's no doubt about it. And no, we're not going to feel like it, but there's no doubt about that either. And the Lord might choose not to deliver you out of your circumstances, but he might choose to just walk you through your circumstances. I know that's, that's not what you want to hear but that might be a choice that the Lord makes. But for your lament to be healing, there has to be a turning point in your heart, in your mind, toward hope. In your lament, yes, cry out in your heartache. Yes, cry out for God's help, but then cry out in confident hope. And this is where your lament truly becomes an act of faith. Let's read on. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Can you hear the confidence? I trust in your unfailing love. The psalmist, who's David in this case, puts his trust in God's unfailing love. He knows God loves him unconditionally, regardless of his circumstances, and even, maybe even especially in the middle of his pain. He trusts in the unchanging character and nature of God. And as a result, his heart rejoices in the God of his salvation. My wife has had some very challenging trials and setbacks in her life. But you know what? She's followed the pattern of the psalmist. Sure, she's cried out to God. I have too. Yes, we wish things were different. But regardless of what she has faced, her setbacks have been set-ups for praise. Regardless of her circumstances, her trust in God has preserved her joy. 
and she rejoices in her God even in the midst of unpleasant and unwanted and difficult and trying circumstances. And as a result, others have been blessed by her life in spite of her personal pain. You know, that can be your experience too. You can have a few setbacks in your life, but you can use those setbacks as set-ups for rejoicing. I don't know what you're facing or what you're going to be facing in the future. And even though I'm not walking in your shoes, I know it's hard and I know it's difficult and I know it's unpleasant. No one is dismissing that. That's your reality. You know, my wife talks about embracing pain rather than merely enduring it. She says it's kind of like labor. Now, of course, she knows a lot more about that than I do, but she says it's kind of like labor. She says the mom is feeling the contractions. They are real and they're painful. But what does the mom do? She embraces them. Why? Because she knows they are accomplishing a purpose. They are preparing her body to deliver a baby, the expectant hope. She says it's a similar thing in the pain, with the pain in our lives. Yes, God can change it, but he might not. Instead of fighting it and wrestling against it, embrace it. Remember that in pain, God is accomplishing his purpose in our lives. A hopeful expectation. And in it all, remember this reality too. Even though you might not feel it, God loves you, and that will never change. It's immutable. It's unwavering. It's dependable. It's rock solid. Why? Because he, God, is unchanging. He's immutable. He is unwavering, and he is dependable. He is our rock, and he is our salvation. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Apostle Paul gloriously and poetically and inspirationally wrote about God's love in Romans chapter 8. He described it this way. Let these words sink deep into your soul. You and I need this. This is what the Apostle Paul said. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friend, God loves you. And that's that. And the God who loves you will bring healing to your heart. So what's your next step? 
Well, it's this. The next time life deals you a setback, maybe it's right now, maybe it's sometime in the future, go ahead, lament. Cry out to God in your heartache. Cry out to God for his help. And cry out to God in confident hope. Well, I trust that our time together has been an encouragement to you and it's been helpful to you. I'm glad that you could uh, join us today. I trust that in some way your faith has been strengthened and that you are better prepared in your faith journey. Remember that Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it to the full. My prayer for you is that you will pursue the full life that God has for you.